Welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Scott Sprower, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Scott is a Senior Managing Director and Portfolio Manager with focus on the investment grade segment of the municipal market. We've been looking forward to having him back on the show to share his observations. Scott, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Chris. So first, we'll jump right into it. Many thought we would see a strong recovery in the municipal market on the heels of a challenging 2022. We really have not seen that. So with that being said, what are your observations so far this year? Yeah, it's a good question. A lot of clients are asking about the recovery in munis and the expectation that that, uh, 2023 was going to be that year. Uh, Unfortunately, we have not seen that because really the economic data has been a little too strong. The consumer has been too strong and you had a continued hawkish that. So against that backdrop, uh, it's created volatility in rates and you really have not seen any kind of reversion trade, you know, manifest itself in municipals yet. I guess one could say a lot of times in the past, after a tough year, oftentimes the positive snapback is so fast. On a good note, you know, we've not seen that, but yet there's still opportunity, right? And so that all being said, we don't make interest rate bets or duration calls in the portfolios we manage. However, you can't ignore it, right? Many would ask, if you look at the current rate inflation narrative, do we think that this is already built in and priced into the missile market? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, rates have been incredibly volatile and basically one direction for the last almost two years, easily 18 months. And it's all been driven by the Fed and the aggressive hike path that they took. This year, and I'd say over the last quarter or two quarters, you started to see some mixed data. We do think, again, with the rate rise we saw in uh, the third quarter, with, you know, I guess the backdrop of strong data that we're setting up again for the Fed to most likely pause in December. You're starting to see an impact on the consumer who up to this point has been very resilient, but there are underlying cracks we're seeing in the foundation. The consumer is a large percentage of GDP. CPI has trended lower. It's still a little sticky, but it's lower than than the uh, uh, over 9% peak that we saw a while back. So we're at this point now where we think we are late in the cycle. We think the Fed is going to pause. We do believe there's going to be rate volatility but we think that the trend in rates most likely is lower over the next 12 months. But again, the volatility and, and the delay that we've seen in this kind of reversion trade that we've talked about has allowed us and active portfolio managers to take advantage of the marketplace as painful as it has been. Sure. The pathway here has been challenging, but you know the opportunity set is certainly pretty compelling. And you know it, it does seem pretty clear that there's still ample opportunity to potentially achieve a strong total return profile going forward. With that said, can you share some of your thoughts on you know levels, spreads, and just the overall attractiveness of the market that we see? And how does it compare to other periods like this in the past? As I mentioned, we are seeing yields that we haven't seen in a decade. And the structures with higher coupons, five and a quarter, five and a half, and five and three quarters in the new issue market 
are incredibly attractive at, at very wide spreads in today's world. So these are, in our opinion, setting up for strong total return going forward. And that's why we t- think today's market, even after a short rally in the first several days of November, is still incredibly attractive time to get into munis because the total return prospects going forward and the income that can be achieved is very, very attractive on a historical basis. Perfect. And then so let's think about that as we dig a little bit deeper into portfolio positioning. Let's talk about general portfolio positioning and, and overall, what are some of the things we favor versus not in portfolio positioning? Yeah. Now, with respect to uh, portfolio positioning, we've really been avoiding, I would say, the two to 12-year part of the maturity curve. SMAs have been very, very strong and they've been cash flowing and that demand for higher quality paper, laddered types of, of bonds in that part of the, port of the curve we've been avoiding because the spreads and absolute yields are too too tight from our perspective. We've been focused inside two years and really, I would say beyond 12 years and more specifically 15 to 25 years. Because the curve is steep there, you are getting compensated for the additional risk. Also that income component. Again, we, we alluded to it earlier, the income that you can achieve in today's world in that part of the curve, minimum of 4% out there, tax equivalent yields for the highest tax brackets or high single digits incredibly attractive uh, environment today. So that's really what we've been focusing on. We do like quality in those parts of the curve. We've been qualitying up in our portfolios for the last 18 months, and we've also been couponing up. We've, we've been looking to take advantage, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the new issue market. Those bonds that have five and a quarter, five and a half and five and three quarter coupons are incredibly attractive at the spreads that we can achieve in today's world. And that's some of that total return relative value that we're always looking for, because those spreads will compress when the market, when treasury settle down, but when the market normalizes. Right. So location matters, uh, whether it means yield curve positioning with a little bit of a long bias, somewhat of a barbell, quality up posture because you're getting paid to own quality, and then structure matters across the coupon spectrum, which is important. And uh, with all that being said, you know the, the market is attractive. Adding another layer to that, credit fundamentals, which have been pretty strong, and we cover it on every show, but maybe you can talk a little bit about credit fundamentals that you're seeing. Yeah. Municipal credit has been very, very strong through the COVID crisis and even to t- uh, into today. What we've seen is more upgrades than downgrades. You still have to know your credits. You still have to do credit research when you're buying a new bond. That's why I think it's, it's very important to hire a manager that's more credit focused and credit centric than others that are just looking at, at you know, absolute yields. So at the end of the day, credit does matter in our world, even though muni credit has done very, very well. Specifically, there are some sectors that we are concerned about, and you've probably heard this on other podcasts, hospital and healthcare sector coming out of COVID. There were stresses, obviously, on the expense side, on the staffing side. Uh, operating margins were negative for a number of quarters. And those that was an opportunity for us, and we kind of saw this playing out. It was an opportunity for us to sell those that were deteriorating from a fundamental standpoint and that we're trading at tight spreads because the market was somewhat agnostic to the underlying deterioration and getting into those those credits that we felt were undervalued. We've also been shying away from uh, smaller private colleges that are having difficulties post-COVID. We've seen a number of small colleges close across the nation. We've also seen consolidation uh, by some of those colleges in terms of being acquired by larger systems. So um, sticking with larger healthcare systems, larger university systems, be careful on the smaller types of colleges or hospitals, single standalone hospitals. Um, and then also um, what we refer to in the market as dirt deals or real estate-backed deals, 
those are ones, again, if we are late cycle, if the economy is turning, real estate most likely would slow down and that could create an issue for those types of credits too. So it really is predicated on credit research and doing the underlying analysis before you jump into a bond. Which is a good segue into technicals, you know, supply and demand. And Scott, what are we expecting through the remainder of this year, maybe a little bit into early 2024 in terms of technicals, supply and demand? Now, absolutely. It's been, this is a conversation we're having with all our clients. Right now, you've seen volatility again. If this was the last couple of days of October, it would have been, you know, it's obviously a very painful period of time with rates, what they did in the month of October, but also the third quarter. The pendulum swung a little bit the other way with this non-farm number that came in weaker than expected on Friday. And therefore, you know, treasuries have rallied since. So I still think we're in a trading range. I, th- I still think there's going to be some volatility in rates for the next several months easily. But what we're seeing from a technical standpoint is supplies coming into the market. With this rate move that we saw in the last couple of days, some of the deals that, that were on the sidelines are getting priced and they're very, very well received. And these are solid credits that haven't come to the market recently, but they're anywhere from 15 to 20 times oversubscribed out the curve, actually up and down the curve, regardless of maturity point. So the market is receiving this increased supply. So it's really not creating an issue. You may have another week or two of this increased supply, but then you come into the holidays. And once you're in November or mid-November, there's only so many trading days left in the year. And the technicals start to shift in the beginning of December with coupon payments and maturity payments outweighing supply into year-end. And then there's positioning into year-end. A cross-current for that could be tax loss selling right into year-end, but it will not be the same extent that we saw last year. That was extreme. Obviously, the outflows we saw and the tax loss selling that we saw lasted right up to the last day of the year. Turn the calendar to 2024. January is always a very strong month, technically speaking, typically the first six weeks of the year because, again, limited new issue supply and a tremendous amount of coupon and maturity payments that need to get reinvested. So that typically drives our market. And again, that's somewhat away from where what rates are doing. If rates are stable and stay in the range, I think medias will do very, very well going forward. Got it. Got it. And, and a lot of what we talk about, I think people think about obviously tax exempt municipals, but maybe we'll shift gears a little bit. One area of the market that's really gaining momentum in client portfolios is taxable municipals for things like qualified plans, IRA, 401k, pension endowment. Uh, the team manages approximately $16 billion in taxable municipals. So that being said, what is the case for adding taxable municipals to a client portfolio today? Well, taxable municipals, they, they are kind of an underutilized asset class. In our opinion, we do manage over 16 billion, which is a, a good amount of exposure to that, that subsector of municipals. It Compelling yields, taxable municipals are basically the same issuers that you see on the tax exempt side. There are certain IRS rules or use of proceeds rules that you really drive them into the taxable market. So that basically, we've seen an increase over the last several years due to tax reform as well. There was tax law changes, and that implication really resulted in a increased issuance, a broader array of investors, and also increased liquidity in this marketplace. Um, So now you have over 800 billion in outstanding taxable munis against a $4 trillion muni backdrop. So it's almost roughly 20% of the outstanding muni bonds uh, in the universe here. And then what we're really seeing is high quality credits that are structured either up or down, up and down the curve. So they can match liabilities for institutions or for individuals, but also incredibly attractive yields versus say IG corporates. 
The other thing that I think investors that really resonates with investors is the fact that it's the same type of issuers, it's the same resilient revenue streams, the same monopolistic type of enterprises in the muni, play, muni marketplace that you see, obviously, both taxables and tax exempt. So these are high quality, great lakes, late cycle investments, and they're resilient revenue streams versus, again, a great comparison is IG corporates, which are much more sensitive to the economic backdrop. So from a ratings perspective, you typically see a stable ratings, a ratings trend for municipals over decades through different environments, uh, economic environments. Whereas on the IG corporate side, you definitely see much more volatility in ratings based on what's going on in the economy. So I think that's really resonating with, with investors in terms of the late cycle asset class. And again, you're not giving up yield to invest in taxable means. Right. That's a really interesting story and compelling as you go through the landscape. Not only that, but I think many are looking for some interesting and thought-provoking ideas to talk to their clients about. And this is certainly one thing that they that folks can talk about. And so that being said, we've talked about the landscape broadly, you know, the levels, the credit landscape. Now it's a little bit about implementation at the client level. So why should investors consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to passive approaches? And what are some of the recent portfolio positioning themes that illustrate that point? Yeah, I think the environment that we went through about last year and even through, you know, the first three quarters of this year really kind of, uh, I would say, amplifies the fact that active management is incredibly important. Portfolio managers needed to take advantage of this volatility. It was incredibly painful. It was obviously a frustrating time for many investors. But what we tried to do is take advantage to ignore the frustrations for, for a period of time and try to restructure our portfolios so that they would be positioned to perform going forward, to perform when the market settled down, to perform when we did see that reversion trade. We haven't really seen it yet, but we are really confident in what we've done to these portfolios. Trading activity, trading volumes last year were three to 400 times, three to 400% over what we typically do. This year, it's been elevated. It's not to the same extent, but it's been elevated again. We've been given this second opportunity with rates backing up and hitting hitting the highs just last quarter. So it's been painful, but it's been very attractive. And we think that we're positioning portfolios from a yield perspective, but also from a structure and total return perspective going forward that I think will benefit investors for a long period of time. What you really need to look at is the overall book yield in the portfolios and what we've distributed or what we are distributing to our clients and also the tax loss carry forwards. That tax loss harvesting in the mutual fund community is really important. Obviously, it, it offsets any taxable gains. And so therefore, paying out gains in a down year is not something that any investment manager wants to do. There are some fund families that do that on a consistent basis. That's something that we never do. We have not done. And so we're very conscious and, and tax efficient in our portfolios. And we think that that's very important, especially through this dislocation to take advantage of this market backup. So Scott, thank you very much. Appreciate that. It has certainly been a bumpy road over the last almost couple of years, but it's great to see that the team is optimistic and, and constructive on the market as we proceed forward, particularly for those that take an active approach. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners are going to find this really, really helpful. Before we let you go, any parting thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, and I think, you know, Chris, we, we did touch on it earlier, but I think that this is an opportunity. There's a window here that I think investors need to think about, seriously think about pivoting and adding more to the, your, their municipal exposure or um, 
adding an initial investment to municipals because the technical backdrop is incredibly strong, I believe, going forward. We, we may, as I mentioned, have one or two more weeks of supply through year end, but that with the holidays and limited number of trading days and the money that's coming in based on obviously maturities and coupon payments, that should provide a nice backdrop for municipals going forward. So ignore some of the noise and start to allocate to municipals because I think we're going to look back in six months and 12 months and view this as a very attractive entry point or an opportune time to add to your exposure. Some sound advice from Scott Sprower from our Los Angeles office, Mackay Municipal Managers, Senior Managing Director and Portfolio Manager that uh, focuses on the investment grade segment of the market. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. And that wraps up this episode of Meeting 360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. Municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes, which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Bonds are subject to interest rate risk and can lose principal value when interest rates rise. Bonds are also subject to credit risk, which is the possibility that the bond issuer may fail to pay interest and principal in a timely manner. Investing in below investment grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities in cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from AAA to D. AAA through B represent investment grade, while B through D represent non-investment grade. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Managers team of Mackay Shields LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Makai Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Makai Shields. Makai Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is 
wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Lakai Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Makai Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.